When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. So, so our awesome, wonderful board up, Eric. We're just trying to make sure everything's right before the show starts. And he's like, do you hear it? Do you hear programming now? And he then goes and he blasts my eardrums into New Jersey. So if I can't hear anything the rest of the show, Eric, it is your fault. As you can tell by now, I am neither Canty nor Carlin. I'm Michael Rothstein. He is the professor, Andre Snellings. We're filling in for Canty and Carlin today. How are you, Dre? I'm doing good. It's a Friday, and we got all types of NBA action. It is, and I know you want to talk about NBA. There is golf, of course, going on right now. Scotty Scheffler leading the second round of the PGA Championship at five under our, five under par. He is through five, and we're going to get to NBA in one second. I promise you, promise you that. But there is one thing that happened today that I want to draw attention to because in the world of sports media, it is a massive deal. A lot of people won't necessarily think it is, but... Me, you, Dre, we cover people. We talk to people all the time for a living. And some of those people that make this job easy are PR staffs. And the PFWA today acknowledged the Detroit Lions PR staff as the winners of the 2023 Roselle Award winners as the best PR staff of the year. Now, I'm bringing this up for one reason. Well, two reasons. The first reason, Dre, is this. I worked with these people for eight years when I covered the Lions in Detroit. They're led by Eamon Reynolds. They've got Solomon Williams, Greg Maiola, Ellie Cross. That's their crew. I worked with the first three during a lot of my time in Detroit. And when I tell you that they are A-plus people and A-plus at their job, I mean it. They are helpful. They dealt for so many years with a moribund (laughs) franchise. (laughs) And now that franchise is getting good. And they are finally getting credit because they are the cream of the crop in PR in the NFL. If you are a young person looking to go into team PR, you should call the Lions. Their internship program is fantastic. I'm not trying to just sit here and pump for them, but they are so good at their jobs. And they are getting this credit and these kudos, and that is massive. And the second thing with that is this. More teams should be like that, being willing to help instead of obfuscate. Have your players, have your coaches on. Stop being roadblocks. Start being facilitators. That's what the Lions do so well. Sorry, just wanted to say that at the top of the show because it's a massive honor within the industry that they got today and they get all of the props. No, that's what's up. I I love to hear good things happen to good people. And from what you're describing, there's some really good people. And the fact that you just used obfuscate in a sentence and just kept it moving like you didn't even do anything, you know, that shows how (laughs) impressive you are and that you fit in with them while you were there. Ah, you know, I, I I don't know. People are probably rolling their eyes right now. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM at Channel 80 alongside Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rossi, and let's get into it, Dre. Last night, the Denver Nuggets looked like they were going to run away with this, then almost lose it, and then hung on to win 108-103. When you watched especially the second half last night, what was going through your head? Yeah, that... 
the Nuggets are the real deal. Um, I think they've been showing that throughout the playoffs. I would say last round against Phoenix, they really impressed me. And the only reason I didn't pick them in this particular series is because I've been equally impressed with the Lakers. So to see the two of them going back and forth like heavyweights, you know, taking uh, the opponent's best shot and then bouncing back with their own and then coming back again, um, Jamal Murray is ridiculous. He hit that stretch in the fourth quarter where everything he threw up, it was kind of like in in real life, like not NBA jams, in real life (laughs) – it was like a Clay Thompson type. Every time he shot it, I knew it was going in. Like when Clay Thompson gets in the zone, that's how it is. And I saw that from Jamal Murray last night. And, and it was just a really good game. Wait, wait. So you mean after the third straight three he hit, you didn't see the net <laughs> into fire? Exactly. Come on, Dre. The flame on the ball as it heads towards what the rim. What game were yeah. you watching? You, know? you didn't see that? It happened. It was clear because also there became like a thing of ice that went over the basket whenever LeBron James shot a three-pointer in the second half, too. Like, like come on. Let's just be real of what it was. It was fire versus ice. Nuggets fire. Lakers ice. I literally tweeted out that uh, LeBron shooting those threes looked like the end of the movie Ten Cup. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Kevin Costner was a golfer and he misses the same shot like eleven times. And I mean, after a while, but he kept putting his hand out like, "Give me the ball again." That's kind of how those three pointers looked at the start of the fourth quarter from LeBron. I, I grew up. Jewish, white, and middle class. You think I didn't see the movie Tin Cup? <laughs> I'm saying that, that I mean, that was like a staple. <laughs> that was a staple of what we watched. And I mean, I'll be honest with you. I played high school golf, played it very poorly at East Meadow High School. I did the Tin Cup one day. Like, <laughs> no, because you remember early in the movie, he like basically breaks all his clubs and just plays with a seven iron. He puts with a seven iron and he beats everybody. Mm-hmm. I did not break my clubs because I did not have the money to buy new clubs, but I played with only a seven iron because all the rest of my clubs should have been broken, would have had a better shot if they were broken. So I just played with a seven iron putt, and you want to know what? I beat some people doing that too. It was one of the better rounds of golf I played that year, just that's with the a seven iron. Part. Uh, that's what I was going to ask the whole time you were talking, like, but did you win? No, so- I know. I, I, I came close. I didn't win. I No, my, golf and I are mortal enemies forever, and it's just, it's just what I won't quit. I can't quit it. That's can't quit it, Dre. Can't quit. You know who can't, can't quit you. No, but you know who can't quit is Nikola Jokic because he is just being dominant and the Nuggets have been dominant. And it gets to this from one Michael to another Michael Malone, the Nuggets head coach, talked about the lack of respect his team has maybe been getting. And frankly, that that should not happen anymore. I think a lot of our guys, to be honest, they may not admit this or not. You know, uh, you win game one of the playoffs and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest, that was a national narrative was, hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down 1-0, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nikola just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple-doubles now, third all-time. What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nikola. The narrative is about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what? We're going to go up 2-0. Hey, Dre, I just want you to know you can put that in your pipe. You can smoke it. They're going to go up 2-0, and you want to know what? They're going to smoke whatever is in those pipes all the way to Los Angeles because they right now are in a good spot. Did you learn something about Denver the last couple of games that maybe you didn't know before? So, well, first of all, it's legal in Colorado, so they can put whatever they want in And in California, (laughs) so they're good. They're good. They can figure it out. Exactly. And, I mean, so two things with Michael, what Michael Malone said. For one, I think he's right that the Nuggets have been underrated um, 
by the national media, including and especially me. You know, I haven't picked them to win any of the the rounds in the playoffs so far. Um, I thought they were a team that had the best record in what was a fairly flat conference and that, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to me if another team got it together and upset them. Against the Suns, I, I thought it was pretty much a toss-up. I picked the Suns in the NBA page, but on the betting page, I said take the Nuggets with the with the uh, game and a half. So you know that worked. But the only reason I didn't pick the- <laughs> wait, 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 that only worked because you 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 hedged your bet. You I, were not interested in actually taking a stand. Well, no, I, I, that was for the money. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the NBA page, you just say, I think this team will win in six. Where people are actually trying to put some money in their pocket, I gave them the advice that worked. So, you know, that, that, that's, that's a key. Um, coming into this series, though, the only reason I didn't pick the Nuggets is because I really think the Lakers are the best team uh, in, in the playoffs. And I've seen from both sides that, they really are the real deal. Like the, the the Nuggets are outstanding, especially when Jamal Murray is is hitting like this, playing off of Nikola Jokic. That's just a heck of a one two piece, and it's a lot like it's similar. We'll be talking about Jimmy Butler and and the Miami Heat a lot later, but the way that that analytics and just watching the whole regular season evaluates the Nuggets. They aren't the same team now that they were in the regular season. They're better because there's a playoffs Jamal, just like a playoffs Jimmy. Wow, you that's high praise. That's high praise from the doctor, the professor, the master of analytics. <laughs> Andre Snelling's here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We're neither Canty nor Carlin, although I am in the I think Canty and Carlin studios in the sea, in the seaport today. I believe this is their studio. I have been told that it is. I don't know how often they've been here. I may actually have been here longer than they have. I don't know that, but I am Michael Rothstein. He is Andre Snelling. So that that is uh, that is what's going on with the Nuggets. But I do want to flip over to the other team that played last night, the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James missed all six of his three-pointers. Anthony Davis clanked 11 of his 15 field goal attempts. Things went poorly for L.A. LeBron finished with 22 on 9-19 shooting, 10 assists, 9 boards, 4 steals in 40 minutes. For most mortal players, a great stat line. For LeBron, eh. And here is something that I think is real interesting, and we're going to start here. Dre, Alan Hahn, one of our good old colleagues at ESPN 98.7 New York, was on Get Up this morning, and here's what he said about LeBron. LeBron James' battery is drained. It's like an old iPhone. When you plug it in and try to charge it up, it never gets back to 100%. He might be at that point now. We have never really seen him like that. He still can defend. There's a lot of things that he still can do on the court because of his high IQ and still his skill level. But when you see things like that, a missed layup low, he can't finish a dunk on a fast break. He's easily defended because he's not jumping over you. I mean, look at this play right here. Is it slippery hands or is it just like I said, he isn't physically as dominant as he used to be? Man, (laughs) Alan Hahn, no, no, no. No, do not say LeBron James looked old last night because you want to know what happens. It's like Alan Hahn just stepped in in the same trap that like Dylan Brooks stepped in that other dudes have stepped in in the past because they're they're saying he looks old. Well, he didn't look old last series. He didn't look old the series before that. Yeah, he's missed 19 straight three pointers in the fourth quarter. Dating back to game two of the first round this year. 
Like, that's not good. Longest streak of misses by any player in the last 25 postseasons. But LeBron James doesn't look old yet. He doesn't look like he's 23, but that's because he's not 23. Dre? Yeah. Yeah, no, so... There's a difference between, you know, not because I think when I was listening to him, he said, yeah, he didn't uh, go out and dunk on everybody on the break like he would have when he was 23 or whatever. Like, yeah, he's not that anymore. But you're talking about the player that last night was pretty clearly the best player on the Lakers and had them in a position to win. The man went 22-10-9, four steals, two blocks, while guarding Nikola Jokic, the center of the other team. So his performance was still at an extremely high level. So the looking old talk, you can kind of miss me with that. I think where you know he's going or where he might have a bit of a point, I don't see it as an age thing as much as an age and wear and tear thing. Like LeBron, his foot injury was supposed to end his season uh, what, four or six weeks ago. He was supposed to have surgery. He didn't do it because he wanted to keep playing. And then he twisted his ankle visibly and obviously last night. So... Any player, if they're playing beat up and they're playing heavy minutes, and oh, by the way, they're playing out of position because they're guarding the center that was the two-time MVP and they don't play center, it's going to be hard on them physically. And maybe that's taking a bit of a toll on his legs when he's shooting those fourth-quarter threes that maybe aren't the best advised. He could be open for a reason. But all of that said, I think is a far line between LeBron played outstanding but looked a little human, and he just looked old. So, you know, it's, it's time to think about him as not the same LeBron anymore. Yeah, that's the part you can miss me with. Yeah, do you think LeBron James is old? Give us a call, 1-88-SAY-ESPN, 1-88-729-3776. Is LeBron losing it a little bit? Come, join the conversation. Let us know what you think. But I'll ask you this, too. Trey, is LeBron being asked to do too much at this point? At this point in his career, at this point with the Lakers? I would say no, because he needs to be able to do that in order for them to win a championship. I talked a lot earlier about how impressed I've been with the Nuggets over the last couple of rounds especially, but I've been really impressed with the Lakers as well. They are a team that is ready to win a championship. They may not. The Nuggets may beat them. They might get past the Nuggets and lose in the next round, but they are a championship-caliber team expressly because LeBron and Anthony Davis are able to do what they do and let the role players fit in around them. Um, LeBron, you maybe can't ask him to average 40 minutes a game and this heavy of a load through the marathon of the 82-game regular season with back-to-backs and all those factored in. But in the playoffs where you're getting at least a game off, a day off in between every game, LeBron is showing he can still do it, and the Lakers, frankly, need him to do it if they want to have a chance to win. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. All right. One second here. What's up? I isn't any team still playing really ready to win a championship? There's four teams left. Yeah. Uh, well, what team out of Boston, Miami, the Lakers, and Denver is not ready to win a championship, Dre? Which one of these four are you apparently hating on uh, see, right now? <laughs> see, now we're going into semantics. My point is that when the the Lakers beat the Grizzlies, there was a narrative, well, the Grizzlies were just young and immature. They weren't ready. And then when they beat the Warriors, it was like, ah, but the Warriors aren't what they used to be. My point is that, no, the Lakers, just like the other three teams that are still here, are a competent, they could win the championship level squad. And 
the fact that they they are and they can is based solely on what they expect to get from LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, no, you can't say you're asking too much of him because if you don't ask that much of him, then you're not going to be a competent level championship squad. That's fair. And, of course, that team is led by LeBron James. And we're going to get to some LeBron questions right now because, like I said, is LeBron James getting too old? Is he just old right now? We we asked you and we're going to go out to Jason in West Virginia. Jason, what do you think about LeBron and his age? I think that LeBron James is not over the hill. I think LeBron James is a GOAT for a reason. And I think the Lakers asked him to do too much. And AD played terrible. And that's why LeBron had such a, not an off game, but just made a few mistakes. He'll be back in L.A. Trust me. Thank you for the call, Jason. I tend to agree with you. I, I think Dre does too. So you can take these complaints up with our good buddy Alan Hahn. LS in Virginia, what do you think? I'm looking at the one seed versus the seven seed. Uh, this is this is not going to be LeBron year, man. They might get swept for real, for real. Thank you for the cause. I, well, let's 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 dive into that a little bit here, Dre. Do you think the Lakers will get swept here? I'm not of that belief, but I, I don't believe the Lakers are going to win this series. I don't believe they'll get swept. I think. They are currently still on serve, so they have to, in my opinion, win these next two games to have a chance at it. And I think their margin for error is gone as far as winning the series. But I, I absolutely expect them to win game three, and um, and I, I absolutely don't expect them to get swept. That I'm with you there. I don't think we're going to have much disagreement, at least in our opinions. They're going to go back out to the phone. Sydney in Florida, what do you think about LeBron and whether or not he's being asked to do too much at this point and or too old? Uh, I feel like he's, I ain't going to say no one's too old. He's still competing. But I'll say this, I he can't carry the team the way he used to. If they don't play through AD, they don't win. But I will say this, the before the before the missed dunk, the, late, the turnover with the dunk, did you see the finger roll that he fell short on by himself? I mean, he just don't have the lift. He don't have the legs. He's getting old. There's nothing, no other way to put it. Thank you for the call, Sydney. I appreciate it. Listen, he's getting old. We're all getting older. We got all older in the time that Sydney talked. We got seconds older. <laughs> That's what happens. That's unfortunately the way of life, unless someone has invented that time machine. If you have, please let me know, and let's go back to when I was 12 so I don't injure my knee the first time. I'd really appreciate it. Okay, I'll do one more call. Paolo in Vegas, what's your thoughts? getting old. I feel he's careless. He's had a few careless turnovers. That I feel also uh, AD should step up. It's every other game with him. D'Lo should be benched on the second half because he doesn't produce anything. And, uh, yeah, he's not getting old. He's just being careless with a few turnovers, and sometimes he complains too much. LeBron complains too much? <laughs> yeah, I feel I mean, he gets hit a lot, but he, he whines more than he gets hit. That's what I feel. Okay, uh, that that is certainly an opinion, sir. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he. I don't know if I buy that though. I appreciate the call, Paolo. Dre, do you think he whines too much? I mean, he whines a lot. He does because it's effective, and he figures that he can get calls from it. I used to hate when Jordan got calls back in the day when Larry Bird got calls. It's a superstar thing, so I'm, I'm not concerned about that. One thing I do want to, um, you know, kind of respond to that the callers are pointing out is Anthony Davis. 
you know, the whole uh, odd, even game Anthony Davis storyline kind of died down a little bit after he had some okay, even games last round. But he was four for 15 from the field last night. And, you know, he hit that late three. But before that, he was really struggling. So, you know, I, I think the odd, even Anthony Davis still has some legs. We shall see what that looks like because we're heading into odd Anthony Davis here over the weekend. Game three, of course, in Los Angeles. Keep weighing in. His age catching up with LeBron. James is being asked to do too much. We'll get into that and more possibly even a sport that LeBron James would also be pretty good at next here. This is Kenny Garland on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. NBA playoffs are going on right now. We got the game three, game two, sorry, of the Eastern Conference Finals here tonight. you got the PGA Championship going on. But, of course, there's always time in the calendar to talk about the NFL. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Candy and Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm neither Candy nor Carlin. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michael Rossi. And we're going to go out to the phones now. ESPN senior NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler joins us. Jeremy, thanks for taking a few minutes here on this. What is a gorgeous Friday, by the way, here uh, in the Northeast? No doubt. Thanks for having me, Mike. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing great. So let's start here, right? I want to start with the Bengals a little bit. That's a, a team that Dre really, really loves. <laughs> will, will Joe Burrow's new deal, whenever this happens, leave room for other guys on that team? Or it, could we see a little bit of a, 
uh, moving on from some of their other higher talent guys because of the Burrow deal? No, I think they're actually in pretty good shape. I don't have their exact cap space in front of me, but they were, uh, they have more space than a lot of teams. And with them doing this with Burrow technically having two years left on a rookie deal, the fourth year plus the fifth year option, lets them spread it out. It's going to be a huge number, but that's why they're doing it now. They're pretty dedicated to try to do T. Higgins, too. So I think the order will be Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and then if they can do it, linebacker Logan Wilson. So if they can pull out that trifecta, it actually wouldn't be shocking. Like, it's doable. Um, it's hard for Wilson and Higgins because they're at such a low cap number this year. So my guess is they'll do Burrow and then knock out at least one of those guys. I, I think they can pull it off. So <clears throat> I love hearing all the greatest hits of the Bengals uh, in your answer. But the one story that's always interested um, world uh, nationwide is what's going on with the Cowboys. So does Dak Prescott get a contract extension this offseason? So I think the Cowboys are going to try. They, I know that they've made clear to Dak that that is an interest to them. Uh, what happens beyond that is, is still unclear, but certainly there, there could be some momentum for that that's created in the next few months. But they haven't really started in earnest on knocking out any sort of deal. And Dak Prescott has proved pretty prudent in contract negotiations. You know, his first deal, he waited. Uh, he didn't just take what they gave him, and it paid off in a huge way. It got up to $40 million when they probably could have signed him for the high $20 millions or, or low $30 millions at one point. You know, so... He's in a good spot to, to wait, but if he wants to do something now, you know, the market's high enough where he can certainly uh, put something on top of what he's already got and, and get a huge number. We're talking to ESPN senior NFL writer Jeremy Fowler here on Canny and Carlin. And Jeremy, when we're talking about rookies, Bryce Young, number one overall pick, what type of impact do you think he has year one? I, real, I realize I'm putting you in a bad spot here because we've seen him practice for like uh, – 20 minutes and not in pads. But when you look at what the Panthers have, what type of impact are we potentially looking at from him? Well, certainly just because of his mental capacity to play the game, you know, he's known as as the most pro ready quarterback to come out of the draft. There's no reason why he can't have uh, modest success. I'll say modest. I won't go far enough to say he's going to light it up. You know, Justin Herbert three years ago came in through 30 plus touchdown passes in year one coming off the bench. So, you know, certainly there's no reason why these guys can't start hot. Um, you know, he's got, I'm interested in the weapons he's got around him. You know, he doesn't have that proven top 10 type receiver. You know, Adam Thielen is past his prime. Um, they kind of have a collection of hits at that position. Uh, but I like what they did at running back, and the offensive line's pretty good. So I'm curious to see how they put all that together. Uh, you know, they drafted Jonathan Mingo to kind of pair with Bryce Young. So, I think he's in a pretty good spot. I, I still don't know. Like the, the big question mark with him is, is can the body hold up, right? We have to see that. Even if you can project that he will hold up and be fine, you're still sort of, you know, cautiously optimistic with that, you know? So you just want to make sure that he can stay healthy. I think if he does, he'll be productive. We're talking to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter. And Jeremy, some, some real sad news to report that's just come over the wire. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has passed away at age 87. Uh, you were covering the Browns for us. That's actually how you got started at ESPN. You covered the Steelers. So you've been in that area for of the country for a bit before your national role. What, what stood out to you, I guess, about Jim Brown's career and, and also kind of his impact in Cleveland when you were there? Yeah, his impact was immense. I mean, you uh, would see him around a little bit. 
And, you know, I think he was in an advisory role with Cleveland, maybe not as much when I was there, but certainly in recent years. And, you know, there's an aura about him. Only a few athletes have that. The short list, Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, uh, Jim Brown, maybe a few others, but, you know, he's on it. And uh, not he's just so much more than a great player. We all knew he was that, but, uh, you know, he was an activist. He was an actor, um, did so many things and did it really well. So, you know, he certainly carried a mystique with him wherever he went. And, you know, the, the part, I think partly why the city of Cleveland and the fans there have such a high, uh, high bar for the Browns. Like it's sort of a, I, I, I kind of want to say like a, I, I guess you could say it's a miserable fan base as far as they're never quite happy and they've seen a lot of losing. I think that's in part because they've seen Jim Brown play. So they've seen the very, very best there is to offer plus a, a guy who was a pillar in the community and fought for what he believed in. So, like, the, the bar is so high for that franchise that it's just really hard to meet, and, and that's a credit to him and, and the bar that he set. Jeremy, thank you so much. I mean, obviously it's a, now become a very sad day in the NFL world. as one of the best to play the game. Jim Brown has passed away at age 87. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes of your time. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Again, the big news breaking here. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has died at age 87. We'll have much more on this next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Some sad news to report. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has died Friday afternoon at age 87. Jim Brown was an eight-time Pro Bowler. Went to the Pro Bowl in each of his nine years in the league. When he walked away from the game at age 30, he held the league's records for yards. That's 12,312 and touchdowns, 126. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Kenny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm neither Kenny nor Carlin. I'm here today. My name is Michael Rothstein. I cover the NFL and the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. I'm alongside Professor Andre Snellings, who covers the NBA and does NBA analytics for ESPN. Andre, let, let's start here. What do you? Neither one of us is old enough to remember watching Jim Brown play. Right? Right. Let's, let's get that out there to the audience. Very clear. There, there's not a ton of people who, who, who are. But Jim Brown was somebody who even long into retirement and he retired at age of 30 was someone who was still part of the conversation in sports really up until today. And obviously including today, what stood out the most to you about Jim Brown and his impact? So here's the thing. Um, I grew up as a, a black boy, a black young man in Ohio um, Jim Brown obviously played for the Cleveland Browns. I thought that the Browns were named after him for most of my childhood. Like I didn't know that that you know because 
it, Jim Brown was so, he was everywhere. My dad talked about him with my grandfather and, you know, he was at that point, he was an acting and uh, activist and all those things. But as a football player, he was the kind of guy that the quote unquote old heads would just, boy, y'all just, the, you young bucks don't know about Jim Brown, you know? So, so he was that big as an athlete for me growing up. But more than that, especially as I started getting older, his activism, you know, like the, the image of Jim Brown with Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at this press, press conference. They've got men standing behind them, and they're, they're speaking up on, on civil rights and the rights for people that look like me to live at the same level as people that don't look like me. You know, like that was so – it was – he was a, a – Put it like this. He was like a superhero on the football field. He was an action movie star. So he's like a superhero there. But the work that he did in civil rights is why growing up, he was a superhero in my house. Dre, I mean, I can't. Again, we come from two different experiences. I grew up on Long Island and you knew and I went to Syracuse and you knew about Jim Brown. I knew about Jim Brown from when I was a kid kid. It was Jim Brown went to Manhasset High School on Long Island. He earned 13 varsity letters in five sports, football, lacrosse, baseball, basketball, and trap. Every, track. Everyone knows him as, as a football player, but he was as good of a lacrosse star as he was a football player. He was enshrined in the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame in 1984, NFL Hall of Fame in 1971, College Football Hall of Fame in 1995. No Browns player has worn his number 32 since he retired in 1965. These are just some of the things that we're talking about when we're talking about Jim Brown, who passed away today at age 87. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And when, you, when you're also talking about Jim Brown, Dre, you, you have to talk about the fact that he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1971. The people in his class, Vince Lombardi and Y.A. Tittle. He was part wow. of the NFL 75th anniversary team, the 1960s All-Decade team. Nine years in the NFL, nine Pro Bowls, Rookie of the Year in 1957. He won MVP as a rookie in 1957 and in his last year in 1965. When you talk about running backs in the NFL and their impact, it starts and basically ends oftentimes with three guys, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, and then maybe you could argue Eric Dickerson or Derrick Henry, but it's Jim Brown and Barry Sanders that are the most often. This is the Cleveland Browns released a statement uh, on Twitter. Jim Brown forever. Legend, leader, activist, visionary. It's impossible to describe the profound love and gratitude we feel for having the opportunity to be a small piece of Jim's incredible life and legacy. We mourn his passing, but celebrate the indelible light he brought to the world. Our hearts are with Jim's family, loved ones, and all those he impacted along the way. Again, if you are just tuning in, Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has died at age 87. Dre, you come from the basketball space. He, you would see him at basketball games a lot, too. Oh, yeah. like he was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be courtside. He was part of the sports landscape and really part of pop, pop culture in a way that few athletes, especially athletes, from that era uh, still were in, in this new millennium. Um, when you were talking about football and you talked about the three running backs, um, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, and then trying to, to decide who the third would be on that list. It reminded me of, of another late great 
running back Walter Payton. And I remember, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Walter Payton was about to pass Jim Brown for the all-time NFL rushing list. And at the time, I had been watching Walter Payton. And so he was kind of magical to me as a child that, that loved watching running backs and watching the NFL. But I remember I was already starting to learn about numbers, you know, what, what would become a theme for my life. And then pointing out that Walter Payton was, I believe, 137th or hundred and like almost 140 games to pass this record. But Jim Brown had only played 118 games in his career and, and, and set that record, you know, and, and it ties into, you, you mentioned Barry Sanders. He was probably my favorite running back to watch while he was playing, but both Sanders, Sanders followed in Brown's footsteps in retiring around age 30, still at the peak of their powers. And you wonder, like, if Jim Brown did play for another four years, probably like he could have, or if he was in an era where they were playing 16 games a year instead of 12 games or 14 games, where could he have put that number? Could he have put a, a number out there that was just never going to be approached? He was statistically kind of the Wilt Chamberlain of his time. Oh, had he done that, Dre, there's probably very little question. I mean, Barry Sanders, you could argue as well, but... Jim Brown, if he had done that, that number would have been like Jerry Rice in the receiving yards. Yeah. Like no one was coming near it because that's the thing you talk about receivers now in the NFL and you talk about them getting close to records. Well, no one's getting close to Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's just not happening. Jim Brown was, was so far – this is such a weird thing to say, but he was so far ahead of his time in terms of what he was able to do and his skill level and his athleticism that it was – almost unfair when you were talking about about having to face him. The NFL just released a statement on the death of Jim Brown. Quote, on behalf of the entire NFL family, we extend our condolences to Monique and their family. Jim Brown was a gifted athlete, one of the most dominant players to ever step on any athletic field, but also a cultural figure who helped promote change. During his nine-year NFL career, which coincided with the civil rights movement here at home, he became a forerunner and role model for athletes being involved in social initiatives outside their sport. He inspired fellow athletes to make a difference, especially in the communities in which they lived. Again, Jim Brown, a pro football Hall of Famer, starting in 1971, was part of the NFL's 100th anniversary all-time team. And Jim Brown, the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back, has passed away today at age 87. We'll have more on his impact next on Candy and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.